Hi, and welcome to the Daring to Leap podcast. I'm your host, Lori Phillip. I'm so excited to dive into this week's episode with you. This week, we have a special guest on the podcast. Elizabeth Gar is here. Elizabeth has had her fair share of naysayers as she set out to make a career in the television industry, eventually leading to be an on-air anchor. Elizabeth and I discuss the bold move she took to get her foot in the door in television, how to get past the naysayers when you decide to do something people deem too hard, and why it's okay to shift gears when you decide something is no longer the right path for you. Let's dive in. Elizabeth Gar is the host of What It's Like To podcast. She graduated with honors from Harvard with a degree in history and literature and attended professional cooking school to become a food writer. That led to various career opportunities, including becoming one of the first employees at the Television Food Network, writing, producing gigs at networks from PBS to E, anchoring reporting at the NBC affiliate in Billings, Montana, and earning a graduate degree in documentary film and video from Stanford University. The through line to all this has been curiosity. Elizabeth is a skilled interviewer who loves diving deep into research, finding connections, and telling good stories. Elizabeth, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Oh, thanks, Lori. I'm so happy to be here with you. Well, I think I wanted to start today with you on your career journey. Tell us a bit about where you started your career and how you kind of shifted into what you're doing now. Well, I definitely had a nonlinear career. It did not just go A, B, C, D. I have followed my passions and my heart throughout my, my career. So I started off after college going to cooking school because I wanted to be a food writer. And I did that for a little while. And I, then I eventually went into television via the TV Food Network. I was one of the first employees there because it was probably one of the first big risks I took in life. I heard that it was starting and I just wrote a letter to this guy I found in a newspaper article, I think, and said, hey, I'm going to be in New York next week. Can I meet with you? I want to work at you this new Food Network you're starting. And he was like, sure. And I wasn't going to be in New York next week. I made myself be in New York next week and got this meeting and got to work at the TV Food Network because I had writing and food background and I then I got experience in TV. So that got my foot in the door in television. Mm -hmm. And I kind of continued in that realm and working in TV production, writing. I worked for various networks, E! Entertainment and PBS. I eventually decided I wanted to well, not eventually. I always wanted to be on air. I kind of wanted to like work for the Today Show or be Katie Couric or Diane yeah. Sawyer or something. And, and in fact, I got to meet with Diane Sawyer when I lived in New York. To again, I just wrote her a letter too and said, "How can I have your career?" And she said, "You need to go work in a small market. You can't just stay in New York." So I did. I went and worked in Billings, Montana, as an anchor and reporter in local news, and have a million stories about that too. I bet. <laughs> so I just kind of kept doing various things and eventually went to graduate school and for documentary filmmaking. So I, I had related careers. I mean, I think the through line to all of it was curiosity and telling stories. Mm -hmm. Then I took a lot of time off. I got married, had kids. I spent a lot of time 
with my kids and doing community volunteer work and things. And then a couple of years ago, I like to get back to doing some more professional work. And what is it that really drives me? And I knew that I couldn't kind of go back to working in TV or film right now because I live in Northern California. And a lot of that is based like in LA or New York where I've lived before, but I'm not just going to pick up my teenage kids and my husband and move. So I thought, hmm, maybe I could start a podcast. So mm-hmm. I'm using a lot of my skills that I learned from the past in for the podcast, but there's a lot of stuff that I didn't know how to do. So it's an, another big challenge. So it's always kind of learning and growing, taking what I've known, adding on to it. And so it's really kind of been an interesting career journey. Yeah, it sounds like it. I want to ask you a bit about how you think you might have got the courage to do things like send emails to the Food Network and make yourself available or send a letter to to Diane Sawyer. What, in looking back on that time in your life, what do you think was really gave you that courage to do that? I will say that I'm surprised about myself. <laughs> I, if you look at on me, elementary school, teenage me, you would not have said that I was a big risk taker. But I think the thing that gave me initially some confidence was I decided to move across the country to go to college, which is nothing I ever had an aspiration to do or thought that I would do. That felt like a huge risk. And I was very, still am very close to my family. And the fact that I did that, and I mean, it wasn't a huge risk because my sister was there. And anyway, it felt to me like it was a big move emotionally. And I think that gave me the confidence that, oh, you can do hard things. And that's, I think, what it takes is you do one thing and then you do another little thing and then you do another little thing. And that one move made me realize just the simple thing, I can move new places. And I ended up doing that so many times in my 20s and my 30s, as you can hear just from my scattershot career journey. I didn't even include every job in my little random assessment there. But I think I moved like nine times in, I don't know, 13 years or something. I wasn't married until my mid-30s and I didn't have a lot tying me down. And so I just kind of thought, I'll just kind of go where the go where my passions lead me. And in terms of feeling like I could just write to people, I guess the question is, why not? What did I have to lose? Yeah. And I will say, I probably did it more times than that and didn't get replies. (laughs) I probably reached out to companies and there was, I mean, the time with the Food Network, that was pre-email. So it truly was. If you wanted to try to get a job, you were writing letters and There were plenty of times I didn't either got rejected or didn't get any reply, but that's, I I just never wanted to be the kind of person that would sort of just sit back and sit on my couch and watch the world pass me by. Like Mm -hmm. I really wanted, I wanted to be in that business. I wanted to be in media and people kept telling me, oh, it's really hard. Like when I was in college, I wanted to work for one of the San Francisco um, TV stations and people said, oh, don't even apply for the internships. It's it's they're so hard to get. And I remember I didn't even try. I didn't even apply because I somehow believed that. And I look back and I think, well, someone, someone got those internships. You should throw your hat in the ring anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk a bit about that. 
but before we'll get into that, I but before we skip over, I want to reemphasize what you said about sending out the letters and not receiving a bunch of those replies. And I think that's yeah. important for people to hear because we hear about the things that worked out with other people, but we don't necessarily know behind the scenes how many times they tried and failed. And and failure is kind of a tough term, but yeah, where there wasn't a success behind it. Um, when you got when you didn't hear back on those, was it? How did you get past that to keep trying? I think this is a really, really important point because sometimes I talk about this with my husband, how these super successful people, whether it's an athlete or an entertainer or someone in business will write a book and here's how I got there. And they make it, it sound really simple. Like here are my five steps to success. But like you're saying, everyone, absolutely everyone has failures or setbacks on those journeys. And so mm -hmm. to just look at it as, oh, these are the people that somehow, I don't know, got the magic ticket or they yeah. figured out the code. Like there is no code. It's just resiliency, I think. It's just mm -hmm. continuing to try. So I think for me, I definitely had hard times. Mm -hmm. You have to just kind of keep pursuing it or decide, all right, I actually don't want to go in this direction. There's no Perfect. That's actually what happened to me when I was doing the job in Montana. I, at one point, had enough experiences when I realized I, I don't want to continue down this path doing local news. There's pros and cons to every situation. And I weighed them and realized I want to get out of this industry. That was a conscious decision. That was an intentional, well-evaluated decision. It wasn't like, oh, I have failed at this. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just being thoughtful about where you are. And the, I think the way to keep going is just kind of evaluate what are your desires? Like I really, I really wanted to do things. I also had good emotional support from my family. And I just think having that kind of support emotionally behind you is, is a real privilege. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm glad you brought that up. I think the support is so important and it's unfortunate a lot of people don't have that support. So we can go back to our conversation. I wanted to talk a bit about people telling you how hard it was going to be to get a position in television. And that first person caused you to not apply. Was this a recurring theme with you and finding that people were talking about it's hard or no, you can't do it. Or tell me a bit about how that came up for you in your career. It comes up a lot in on-air television work. There's a lot of, oh, there's so few jobs. It's so competitive. You're lucky to have this job. And when I finally did it and got this position in Billings, Montana, I had this one really crazy experience that impacted me, kind of scarred me. <laughs> this, I, so I was a, a reporter three days a week and a weekend, the weekend anchor. So this woman came in one day, some sort of quote unquote expert, and she was there to evaluate, I guess, help all the anchors. So she came in and she said, okay, go on the set and read some pre-recorded copy. And so I did that and I came off and she pulled me over and she said, honey, honey, 
I just want to tell you that in this industry, some people have it and some people don't. And I'm so sorry, but you just don't have it. And I was kind of crushed because I was working so hard. I mean, we weren't just like newsreaders. We were doing everything. I mean, I was writing and reporting and editing and producing stuff. We were doing every, working so hard for like no money. And I thought, well, who is she to tell me this? But it still felt really terrible. And then the next day she came back and she goes, Elizabeth, come over here. And she pulled me into this room and she slathered all this, her own makeup on me and like zhuzhed up my hair oh and all my this goodness. stuff. And she goes, go back on the set, go back and read for me. And I did. And I really don't think I did anything different than I had done the day before. I come off and she looked at me and she smiled and she said, now you've got it. And I was so disillusioned because I thought, okay, so it is just hair and makeup. Mm -hmm. That is what it's come down to. I've spent so long pitching what I think are substantial stories, working on how I write them. And of course, I know television is a visual medium. Of course that matters. But to have it be a total 180 of basically told, being told you're a complete loser, you should get out. Yeah. And the next day, like, oh, you should be in a top 10 market. Uh, it was just like, oh, seriously, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I need this. And then I'd send out my tape to try to get into bigger markets. And off I got several times, we already have one of you, which was basically they had like a Caucasian woman in my age range. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I really don't think they even watched my stories or the substance. And so there was just a lot of negativity about basically about, about looks. And it just kind of grates after a while. It's not really a meritocracy, I think, often in that business. And mm -hmm. so I, I just couldn't really handle it. It was more than that. I didn't want to keep living in kind of smaller towns. And my sister had just had her first baby. And I realized like, I want that in my life too. I can't just be bouncing around to these small markets, hoping one day I can get to the network when it's the funnel is so tiny. <laughs> like, like, I don't know that I'll ever get back to New York doing this and I need to have a life and I don't want to just be judged on my external when I think my internal is valuable too. So that's why I left. Um, it was hard. Yeah, it was hard just kind of being told no for things that I didn't think I deserved to be. I mean, I, I, I just didn't think the external should be valued that highly. Partly because the men get away with a lot more than the women do in TV. I mean, men in TV can be kind of older and grayer and wrinklier than women yeah. get to be. So it's an unfair, it's, it's not, it's an unequal standard. Mm -hmm. Based on your experience, you just told me two different situations and the, the, the perspectives were completely different one was like i'm getting there there's this kind of energy of knocking over doors and things and then this final like this there's just so much negativity and unfairness and things like that so how do we cultivate maybe a, a mindset or a process in which we can Try to move forward in some of these situations where there is a lot of no, a lot of naysayers, a lot of people saying it's too hard. You can't do it. How do we get past that? I don't regret my decision getting out of TV because 
I really evaluated that decision quite clearly. And Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like I was just giving up. I wish things had turned out differently. Like I wish I had been kind of given some breaks and I still would have loved to like been in a major market. I would love to work on network news. That would be awesome. But it's fine that it didn't work out because I got to do other things and my life is really great. And so I don't, I think you just have to be very conscious of your, of who you are at different inflection points of your life and the Mm -hmm. decisions that you're making. Be very clear about who you are and why you're making those decisions. Yeah. It's so interesting because I, I, there's a lot, there's a quite a bit in what you said that I was thinking about. And one of it, one of it is like, you're pursuing your passion full out until you decided that you didn't love it anymore and it wasn't the right path for you. And I think that's an important point because it is okay to change your mind. And it is okay to say, okay, well, maybe this journey was important at the time and now my journey is different. And I think sometimes we get stuck in this is just what I'm doing and I'm going to be doing it forever. And even if you do love it, things, things change and you, you ended up having a family and it, it's a good lesson for people to hear that you can change and it's okay. And you don't have to feel guilty about it. Yeah. And you, I think the other thing that my story is showing me and can maybe show other people that nothing is really lost. Your experiences are not for not that I, all of my things are adding up to still be super valuable. Even when I wasn't in doing paid work, when I was at home with my kids and doing volunteer work, I was using so many of the skills that I had learned when I was organizing a harvest festival for the elementary school and doing other things, working on like political campaigns and other things. Like you are, your mind and your contributions are so valuable in whatever you decide to put it them to. And now the work that I'm doing now with my podcast, I'm completely pulling on skills that I've used before. And so I I just think all the things, all the twists and turns that you might take are valuable in your story. Yes. They all serve a purpose. And sometimes we can't see it in the moment. It's like this looking back reflection that we're like, okay, I see that now. So I think it As we've covered, I'm going to try to summarize this a bit on what we've discussed so far. You started and you were pursuing your passion and making it happen until it didn't make sense for you. And we we talked a bit about how do we do that? And one of the things that I'm noticing as I'm venturing out in this entrepreneurship type of role, which was very, very different for me than corporate, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I had not been mentally trained to go do things like that. It was like mostly I was on the defense and not on the offense, right? So Uh, it's a good way to put it. Sending a letter to the Food Network and asking for a position or sending a letter to Diane Sawyer. Like these ideas wouldn't even have popped into my mind as a thing. And so it's really interesting the way that 
just our experience shapes what's even on the table as options. And so especially if people are just telling you how hard it is and don't even try and all these kinds of things. So I would just really encourage our listeners to think about some of these things. Are there areas in your work, in your career that you could be more on offense, that you could make mm. happen, that you could reach out and be that person who who like try something new or different just to see and you know they will be failure but it's yep. one of those things if you tr if you don't try you can't get a yes right but if you right. if you try you will it's possible to get a yes it's also possible to get a bunch of no's so it's it's, it's like worth the risk if you're if it's something you really want Exactly. Yeah. It'll, it'll never happen unless you try. Right. And I, the other thing I thought about in terms of getting to the yes and confronting some potential no's is sometimes your own internal critic, because I think we all have that. And I had a friend that I was talking to when I was starting this podcast and the challenges that the many challenges that come up when you start anything new that you don't know all these areas. You don't even know what you don't know, which is sometimes why you start something. Because if you knew everything, you maybe wouldn't dive in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so then all these, the negative thoughts would come in like, oh, maybe you can't do this. Like, you don't know marketing. You don't know how to build this. You don't know enough about social media or whatever. And so my friend was like, like, what is that voice? Like, you need to name him. You need to like, make it like a little cartoon so you can. And so I called him, Mr. Steiner, the underminer. And I pictured him like, kind of like the little Miss, Mr. Peanut character with the top hat and kind of a cane and a, a yeah. little morning coat on or something. And I picture him kind of on my shoulder, like a little character. And when those negative thoughts come in and he would sort of be saying like, Elizabeth, you can't, who do you think you are that you can grow this podcast? Like maybe you can do some interviews because you have experience doing that, but there's no way people are actually going to listen to this thing or whatever. And I'd be like, Mr. Steiner, you're being an underminer, like go away. I don't want. So it was just so funny to even that process of like naming him and picturing him was super helpful because that's just me. I'm just talking to me. <laughs> so, but to realize that like we have these negative, we have these negative thoughts mm -hmm. that come into our minds and we're just, I'm undermining myself. And that's the worst thing. I should be my own best cheerleader. Right, right. That's so important. Like when we're talking about naysayers, the first naysayer yeah. is often ourself. Yeah. You don't even get past to taking an action a lot of the time because there's something internally that's either fear, anxiety, a thought, I'm not this isn't going to work. Don't even try whatever it is. And so it's like, if you can get past that and then you start listening to all the other people out there. And one of the things I want to bring up before we close this out, as we were talking before we jumped on this call, is that a lot of naysayers surprisingly are doing it from a place of, of love. And I say that because if it's family or if it's a friend 
And they're probably scared for you if they're Mm -hmm. coming in and saying, that's a big risk. Or are you sure you want to make that shift? Or Mm -hmm. for me and my my friends and family have been very supportive, but at first it was a bit of a shock. So even if it's not in words, I could see it in their face and their body language. And like, and it all adds up. And so your own internal naysayer is also coming in from a place of love because they're, they, they don't want you to get hurt. And self-protective. Yeah, self-protection. And so it's like you have to kind of see it from that perspective to say, I understand where all these people are coming from. I understand where I'm my own internal dialogue is coming from, but it's okay. And I'm going to try this because I really want to try it and start talking through it with yourself to get past that. Yeah, it's such a good point. And And I guess talking through the people that you love who are trying to protect you, because I have that too. I have people in my family who, who just, if they try to protect me and say, are you sure you have the time to take that on? Or can you, you're going to, not going to sleep as much if you do that or whatever. And I, of course you need people to be realistic in your world, but when you really want to do something, the people who, who do really cool things that you admire, make the time. They do the thing. They don't <laughs> sleep 12 hours a night because they, they pursue and they have the passion and they don't give up when the wall comes up, when the negativity comes up. And that's what I have found. Like in my podcast, all the people that I interview are like so interesting because they have done these incredible things because they didn't give up. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the through line. And that's what makes them so extraordinary. And I find that like, I love hearing that message again and again, because I need to hear it. Yes. I want that message. I want to be one of those people who can say like, yeah, I, I achieved the goal. Well, there's always more goals. I mean, there's no one set goal, but I don't want to be an elderly person and think, oh, I wish I had tried. Like I wanted to do this or that, but it was easier to just sit on the couch. Mm-hmm. Like, no, you, you have, you got to go for it. If there's something stirring in you, at least give it a shot. And then like we referred to earlier, if it's not working, take a left turn. That's always okay too. Yeah, yeah. And I, before we wrap up, I definitely want to point out and emphasize what you just said because I think it's important when you're trying something new that you surround yourself with people that either have done it or read their books mm-hmm. or listen to their podcasts or subscribe to their new, whatever it is that you can get that energy of somebody who was successful. It will definitely help you because if somebody was able to do something and people do these things, it is possible. And that's what you want to hold on to and not the 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 scared the fear the naysayers that 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 come in who aren't doing things and who might one day wish they would and you could inspire them by doing what you want to do and making it happen yeah i agree i just wanted to amend and say i don't want to be someone who just sits on the couch 
I love sitting on a couch every now and then. But like, we all need a rest. We all need a break. Vacation is wonderful. I am not someone who's just advocating like work all the time. Believe me, we need balance. We need we need rest. So I'm not I'm not just saying hard drive all the time. But I'm if you have something, you should go after it and give yourself rest. <laughs> yes, yes, and yes, and I would yes, and yeah, yes, and because I this this is a good point. You when you when you really want to do something, you can get consumed by it very easily yeah. <laughs> and um, allow it to take over. And then it's it's this never-ending energy that you're putting into it. So that balance is really important uh, for sure. And so yeah. I, I'm glad you mentioned that. I do love to sit on the couch. <laughs> I'm yeah, <laughs> I, I wouldn't class my classify myself as lazy, but definitely I like to relax. I like to chill out. I like to meditate. I like to lay by the pool. Yeah, I'm not trying to be it's, hiking every minute on a vacation. <laughs> yeah. So now our our bodies need our bodies need some relaxation for sure, and our minds. Yes. Yes. So well, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Do you have any last closing parting thoughts for our audience before we finish this up? No, I, I think I would just encourage people to, if there's something that kind of stirs you, if there's, if you see somebody or some profession that you always kind of get a, a little thing, maybe it's something, someone that you're envious of, that's a little bit a sign that maybe that's something you should try. Just because someone else is doing it doesn't mean that you can't be doing it. Mm -hmm. Maybe like you said, read some books, read some articles about that and see if that's something you should explore because life is going by and it's pretty fun to try new things. And if it doesn't work, you could try something else, but have some adventures out there. Yeah. That's great. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Where can our listeners get in touch with you? Well, I have a podcast called What It's Like To. And so my website for that is whatitslike2.net. And you can find information about me and the podcast and how to get in touch with me there, all my social media thing. Mm -hmm. Social media links are there. Uh, and the podcast is just available at all the Apple, Spotify, Google, all the regular places. Perfect. Well, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. What a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you've enjoyed it, I would love for you to subscribe. If you're already a subscriber, don't forget to share the podcast with a friend. Hope you all have an amazing week. Until next time. Bye.